Make sure to check us out on Letterboxd for written reviews. For films that we've done not only on the podcast, but outside of the podcast too. Links in the description below. to the rewatch awards please welcome your hosts samuel and jaded fake applause fake applause hello there and welcome to the rewatch awards the rewatch awards are like the oscars but cooler in season two of the rewatch podcast we've watched a total of 22 films we started with Zack snyder's justice league then moved on to godzilla vs kong we watched Star Wars, Wally, The Lego Movie, Arrival, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, The Empire Strikes Back, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, good film. <laughs> Shrek 2, Black Widow, <laughs> The Suicide Squad, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, Prisoners, The Night House. Midsummer Director's Cut, Wonder Woman, Last Night in Soho, June, Spider-Man No Way Home, Don't Look Up, and we finished with Return of the Jedi. Yeah, so a lot of films there that we covered yes. um, in the past year or so, and for our second season, obviously, in order to conclude it, we're taking a look back at all of those films we watched, and we're giving out both some positive and negative awards yep there are some familiar awards like the best animated picture and there are some original awards like the prestigious meme award before presenting the award to the winner we will read out three nominations and i will take note that we do obviously have a live crowd in the audience tonight we have invited just like we did for the first show we have invited all of um, the award nominees um, to the audience, they tell me that it's a better show than the Oscars, better food, all cool. of that good stuff. So yes. it's um, it's a pleasure to have all of them back. Some of them have had quite busy years. Yeah. Um, so we're glad to have them in the audience yet again. Um, what can we say? We just draw in the talent. Yeah. So without further ado, and with no interruptions, we will move on <laughs> to... Um, the first award, which is the best of 2021. Now, it's important to note that this category obviously is best film from 2021 that we reviewed on the podcast. It's not a blanket, you know, statement of the best film from 2021. It's mm -hmm. the films that we watched. So the nominations are The Suicide Squad, Zack Snyder's Justice League, June. Mm. So we can't. Three nominations there. Um, 2021, I think it was, all things considered, you know, with the whole, you know, unnamed thing that's thing going that's on. happening. Yes. Yeah. Um, a lot of movies obviously didn't come out in 2020 and were then delayed to 2021. So I feel like we got a lot of 
You've got a, a pretty of, good year. Yeah, it was yeah. a pretty great year, all things considered. Um, especially for superhero fans. You know, we had some good ones, like yeah. The Suicide Squad, like Zack Snyder's Justice League. And we also had other superhero movies as well. Yeah. Um, lots of other ones from Marvel. Um, and then obviously a very big one towards towards the end of 2021 there. Yep. Um, which, I mean, I'm sure some people would say probably deserves to be on the best of 2021 list. I mean, yeah. what would you say? Spider-Man No Way Home, was it close to getting on here? Uh, no. Not for me. Not for you? I know it might be close for you in terms of the, the Suicide Squad. Um, but I feel like the Suicide Squad's probably a better made movie. Uh, I, I probably agree with you on that as well. I think the Suicide Squad was a great film. Not didn't really have a big cultural impact. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of big cultural impact, it's hard to deny that Zack Snyder's Justice League was a huge movie yeah. um, in 2021. Especially considering mm-hmm. it's, like it's a re-release yep. of a previous movie. Um, just the fan campaign and the engagement that it has, it still has to this day. Mm-hmm. Extraordinary. It's crazy. I mean, why wouldn't you take advantage of that yeah. if you were Warner Brothers? Um, Good question. You have to be stupid. The thing <laughs> is, Warner Bros is stupid. <laughs> and you notice we uh, didn't invite any Warner Bros executives yes. tonight. Well, I, I hear most of them are on their way out of their business anyway um, with, the, with the whole Discovery merger coming along. They're all um, on borrowed time, so they're Very probably good. packing up their desks too busy doing that. Um, that final entry, it's a strong one, uh, June <laughs> Um, it's a film that we, we both really loved to see in the cinema. Yep. Quite, quite the experience, yep. wasn't it? Multiple times. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And uh, it doesn't get old. It doesn't get old. No. So, the best of 2021. The award goes to... June. And I mean rightfully so. I know. Um, in terms of cinema, in terms of filmmaking, and all mm-hmm. of those different aspects of filmmaking coming together yep. to form... Uh, just a beautiful film, both yeah. like from a writing standpoint, visual standpoint. It's all quite incredible. It was fantastic. It, yeah, the the just the craft of it, you know, Denis Villeneuve is just incredible with what he was able to achieve. We like to call him Denny V on this channel. Or Denny V. Just to save us from the mispronunciation. But, yes. um, but yeah, so june i mean we're both coming from from different standpoints i've read the book you've not read the book and the fact that it was a hit for both of us i think says something in itself yeah so. yeah and, we, and we've both picked it up on 4k yeah steel book beautiful steel book as well so, so i think that just goes to show how much we love this film yeah, yeah. bring on the sequel mm-hmm. um, so moving on to our next award we have the funniest dialogue award this is one of our favourites. Um, it's a bit of a um, quirky one. Yep. So the nominations are: we have Bird from <laughs> King Shark in the Suicide Squad. Bird. Great line was in the trailer, but you know we're still very good. And, and Sylvester Stallone is in oh, the crowd tonight. And we love Sylvester Stallone. We've been going through the Rocky movies recently outside yep. of the podcast, and it's been a great time. Yep. Um, just don't watch Rocky Five. Um, <laughs> The next nomination is, I'll have the medieval meal. Thank you, mother. Thank you, mother. <laughs> From Prince Charming in Shrek, Shrek 2. 2. And I mean, Shrek 2, what a movie that was. It's such a fantastic Full movie. Full of very funny lines. I think we might have had a few other Shrek lines in, in this um, nomination category yep. that have been bounced out. But there's a big one. 
Welcome back to the bonus round. Welcome back to the bonus round. From Harry Osborn in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. The Amazing Spider-Man 2, if it's going to get a nomina- if it's going to get an award, this is the award. It, 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 it's, it's a strong contender. <laughs> this is the only award. <laughs> okay, so let's announce um, the winner for that one and we'll have a bit of a discussion. Do you want to announce the winner? Okay, so the winner for the funniest dialogue award. I'll have the medieval meal. Thank you, mother. Get up here, Rupert Ebbett. <laughs> here he comes. He's I mean, walking up the stairs. Watching Shrek 2 was just honestly quite a delight. It was. It's, it's such a great yeah. movie. And it's almost funny, like, how yeah. good it is. It's ridiculous how good yeah. it is. Yeah. Literally every single line... If it's not like an insightful piece of dialogue in terms of the story, mm. it's just a, it's a genuinely funny yep. line. Yep. And there aren't many movies nowadays that you can genuinely find funny. Mm-hmm. There are humorous comedy movies that you go, oh, you know, that's humorous. And yep. oh, this is lighthearted and plays around a bit. But this, was, this film was genuinely funny. And one of the lines that we thought were genuinely funny was this one. We, we we said this so many times mm-hmm. like we, we just kept on repeating this thank you mother yeah and i mean when they go through the drive through in shrek 2 that's an iconic scene yeah and obviously that's when we get this line of he'll have the medieval meal which is obviously a reference to the mcdonald's happy meal yeah which i think is just it's just even more funny it's just so funny man yeah. so the whole brilliant. concept yeah a well-deserved award um, for that one, so we'll give that one out to... What was the name of the guy, sorry? Rupert Everett. Rupert Everett. I mean, what what a great performance. Definitely um, some iconic lines in there. Yep. Okay, so usually then we would go to the favourite Star Wars meme award. <laughs> now, this is a bit of a discussion in itself, because we have zero nominations for this, <laughs> for this award. And if you're familiar with the Rewatch podcast, you'll see that Last season, our first season, we went through the prequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. And and we did uh, Rogue One and oh, Solo. Rogue One and Solo, that is mm-hmm. correct. And this season, we went through the prequel trilogy. I mean, not the prequel trilogy, original. the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about the original trilogy is that there's, it, there's it, doesn't, no memes. it doesn't get memed because it's just a good it's just <laughs> good, movies. good movies. And the, the, the brilliant thing about the prequels is that while you can enjoy Revenge of the Sith, there's a meme every five seconds. Yeah. And it's not particularly because it's a terrible movie. It's just because it's very meme-worthy. Yeah, yeah. Think of that how you will. Is yeah. meme-worthy? Does that mean it's good? Does that mean it's bad? It's a thing for you to decide, but... The original trilogy does not get memed. It's yeah. almost outrageous how little memes there are yeah. about the original trilogy. So, I mean, so we, we couldn't really put together an award yeah. for this one. So <laughs> that's it's just an NA um, for, for this category. Next next season we'll have a few coming. <laughs> yes, well, next, next season we are tackling um, the sequel trilogy. So goodness Ooh. me, um, while the prequels are sort of memed um, sort of wholesomely or mm-hmm. in, with good intentions, to have a bit of a laugh and enjoy the concepts. Yep. The sequels are sort of, it's more of an aggressive, hateful memeing. It's like a, a meme that you throw in, in the executive's face. Like, yep. oh, this is a meme, I'm going to throw it in your face. Whereas the prequels, it's like, oh, it's a meme because we love it. And yeah, yep. it's funny to laugh about. Yep. 
So yes, I'm sure that category will come back. But I think it's very funny that the original trilogy just does not get memed yeah, at all. Yeah, um, there's literally nothing to meme about the original trilogy films. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's move on to the next award. Do you want to take this one, Jaden? Yep. So next up, we have the worst CGI award. Um, I think last year might have been uh, Attack of the Clones took this one. Oh, um, really? With, yes. With the floating pair. The CGI pair, Or, yes. or it might have been CGI Jeff Bridges. I, I can't quite or, remember. Oh, no, I definitely remember. I think we gave it to the pair because I do recall that CGI pair coming up to collect oh, the, the award. Oh, <laughs> 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 the, the pair floated up the stairs. That's exactly how it went. Yes, I, I, I will never forget that. It was quite a slight. <laughs> Radio. Had to be added in later, of course. Yes, um, yes. Um, radio. So for the worst CGI award, here are the nominations. <laughs> Floating up the stairs, we have Yelena explosion from Black Widow, Han Solo stepping over Jabba the Tail's hut, Star Wars: A New Hope, Doctor Strange <laughs> standing in front of a grease <laughs> or fighting Spider Man. <laughs> Spider Man, no way home. <laughs> oh gosh, this is quite a discussion. Let's start with the Yelena explosion. Mm. Um, <laughs> this is really funny to me because it's I see this clip on Twitter quite a bit now. Yeah, yeah. And but when it released, if you were to put that clip up and say this is bad CGI, oh the MCU stands, they would come for you. <laughs> they would come for you. They would say, oh, you know, they would give you an excuse like COVID or, you know, yeah. whatever. But goodness me, watching it again, like, I didn't realize how bad that was in the theater. And I walked out of the theater thinking that was a crap movie, yeah. which it was. Yeah. Same. But what are your thoughts on the Elena explosion? It is horrendously bad. Like, yeah. like they have just plastered an image on, like, a, a flat. Yeah cloud backdrop yeah that's how bad it is and then they've just like cut her out and it's like really fuzzy outline mm. it looks terrible and even the story aspect of it and the mm. dialogue because watching yeah. a clip you obviously get to hear the dialogue um scarlett johansson is sort of running up and she sees what yelena's about to do and yelena says this has been fun and then scarlett johansson goes no no so and then she does it, and then yep. she explodes. And then, then she just, like, flies back. And she flies back, and she doesn't get blown up. Yep. But just the fact that Yelena's like, this wasn't, this was fun. And Scarlett has like, no. It's no. <laughs> <laughs> like, this movie was fun. Kevin Feige no. doesn't look too happy over there that he's, uh, he's yeah. got good stakes to win look, the uh, World the, CGI. The MCU does a lot of things well, including cameos and continuity. Mm-hmm. But they um, they really fall when it comes to some elements of filmmaking, in yeah, my opinion. That's for sure. Han Solo stepping over Jabba the Hutt's tail in Star Wars A New Hope. This is obviously a special edition scene that's been put in. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can literally see Han Solo's model being... It's like it's been moved up yep. to the mouse. Yeah, like yeah, that's it's how like it they dragged it around. <laughs> they, dragged it, they dragged him up yep, yep. and down. And yeah, that's really terrible. But I mean, it was how many years ago? I don't know when the special editions came out. Yeah. But they obviously did what they had to do. Well, obviously, Jabba the Hutt didn't exist back yeah, in 1977. Yeah, so that's a CGI Jabba the Hutt as well. Because the character used to just be a regular dude. Um, it was just right. a human dude. Yeah. 
so there was no tail behind there yeah. so they they actually had to insert in like yeah. cut him out and yeah. then just move him with a mouse and put him over the tail yeah a cgi tail for yeah. anyone that wants context as to what we're talking about here go on youtube and search up these clips you'll be able to find them oh, really yes. quick yeah yeah and i mean this one here maybe not so much because it is a new movie and people like to defend this movie until they die mm -hmm. spider-man no way home doctor strange standing in front of a green screen now in the cinema we were both having a great time this is one of the best theater experiences we've ever had mm -hmm. and doctor strange standing in front of this screen this green screen both like both of us saw it straight away yep. and we both made the same expression which is sort of just like a ooh, like, ooh. <laughs> and and we're, we're here we're having a great time i mean the boys haven't shown up in the movie yet so yep. it's, we're not having that much of a great time <laughs> yet but but oh goodness me there's like maybe three shots back to back yeah of dr strange and it just looks oh it's it's it looks so bad you can see the green yep, screen yeah it's the same with the yellow explosion it's the same cut out um but i think this time around it's even worse because it looks so sharp like he looks so sharp yep. on the he looks so um like like he's not in the environment yeah like he's, he's in front of the environment yep. that's what it looks like and yep. i don't know whether that could be solved with time or maybe it's just how they've done the shot I think there's just no like motion blur. It just looks right. so perfect. So sharp, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So it's a tough category to be it honest. A, it's a seriously tough category. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the winner is, of course, you couldn't give it to anybody else. It's the Elena explosion <laughs> from Black Widow. And look, it deserves that award. Black Widow's going to walk away with that award, and, and they they well and truly deserve it. The yeah. MCU this should be an MCU regular category here, the worst yeah. CGI award. Yeah. Considering this is a two hundred million dollar movie, released in twenty twenty one, they had they actually had more time than they would usually have to do the special effects because this movie was delayed so much. Yeah, and they 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 still produce this. It's like, come on, you had the time. Yeah. You obviously have the resources. I don't think Florence Pugh wants to come up to accept the award. She, That's okay. No, we'll no throw, one seems to be coming up. We'll throw it at Kevin Feige. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> Have this. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Jane, what's the next award? The next award up is the most bizarre message. Ooh, this is a favourite. <laughs> Do you want to run us through the nominations? Okay. So, the most bizarre messages on the Rewatch podcast for season two include... You should be scared of nothing. Mm. That's the that's the message from the Night House. Mm -hmm. Humanity is inherently stupid and deserves to die. That's the message from Don't Look Up. If you didn't realize. <laughs> Join a cult to get over your breakup. Mm. That's from Midsummer. Yeah. Now, obviously, we we admit we have done some fabrication here. We've done some exaggeration in terms. What do you of mean? The messages of these movies, but but it is sort of grounded in some facts. Yeah, we have sort of taken it to the extreme, but but it is some very bizarre things going on in these particular movies. Yeah, in the night house, there is this existential threat that is there's nothing. It's called nothing. Mm -hmm. So you know why should you be scared of that? Yeah, don't look up. I mean, everyone's stupid. They'll die in the end. Yep. And, you know, it's a, it's a big a, spoiler alert. It's a, comedy. It's, a comedy. it's a good time. 
um, except it's not because everybody dies. It's yeah. very depressing. Yeah. Um, so humanity deserves to die. That's a bizarre message. Um, and, and probably the most realistic here is join a cult to get over your breakup. Yes, yes so I would agree. That's like literally what happens. That's that's the plot of the movie. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, let's announce the, the winner. The winner. So. The winner for the most bizarre message is join a cult to get over your breakup midsummer. It's a great one. Yep. It's a great one. I mean, it's literally what happens in the film. Yep. Um, I'd say the other two are pretty hyperbolic in terms of how we've yeah, taken them. The Night House is pretty close. It's pretty close. Yeah, but um, yeah, that in the cup was a bit of a stretch. <laughs> that was a bit of a stretch. But it is kind of funny, though. That is, what else would the message of the movie be? Yeah. It's like humanity needs to do more on climate change. Like that's, that is also the, a message, but... But that's not the most bizarre message. But, yeah. So we have to twist it. Yeah, but then everything. also like every character is very stupid. Like every character in a position of power is so stupid mm -hmm. and they all die and it's very cathartic to see them all die. Yep. But yeah, so we sort of take the message. Out. So, so Florence Pugh's coming up for this award now, but she wouldn't come up for the Elena uh, explosion. I mean, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, this is a, this is a more reputable award. That's, um, most bizarre message. Is it though? <laughs> I mean, she has joined a cult to get over a breakup. So, you know, that is one way to do it. Um, yeah. We will admit that is one way to do it. Yeah. So good on her. Uh, we wish her all the best in her cult related activities. Yep. Um, so, yes. All right. Moving on to the next award. Um, this is the award for best hero on season two of the Rewatch podcast. Uh, the nominations are Bloodsport, The Suicide, The Suicide Squad, Luke Skywalker, Return of the Jedi, Emmett, The Lego Movie. Now, on season two of the Rewatch podcast, we, we met a lot of heroes. There's mm -hmm. a lot of heroes going around. Um, and it's a tough category. And frankly, we sort of we focused on the main protagonist this is sort of the main prota protagonist of the film mm -hmm. so it's hard with some of the team up movies like spider-man no way home yep. and Zack snyder's justice league to sort of say okay batman is the main hero here or mm. tom holland's <clears throat> spider-man is the main hero here because you know you could argue for other characters in those movies but yep. for these three there's very distinct heroes Mm -hmm. um and uh, i don't know what are your thoughts on on these nominations here um i think we both had a great time with idris elba's blood sport in the suicide squad <clears throat> we, we both thought it was really good in that mm -hmm. role um luke skywalker i mean it, it's luke skywalker it's so iconic such an iconic character mm -hmm. um and even emmett from the lego movie is another great character yeah. Um, I think his whole hero arc in that film was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the winner is Emmett from the Lego movie. This might be kind of controversial yeah, considering we have Luke Skywalker in the same yeah, category. Beating out Luke Skywalker is definitely, you know, in the definitely a front runner for the award. Mm -hmm. um, but but you um, you argued hard for Emmett. Uh, why 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 was that? Well. Yeah, I think he just had a really good character arc in mm. the film. Um, and how he started off as this sort of NPC 
yeah, and, he, right. and he converted more into a, a hero for all of his mm. friends. Um, it's a good message, really. Like, it's, it's a really good message. To, you don't have to be extraordinary to sort of, you know, stand up and, and be do do heroic things and look after your friends and everything. So, yeah, yeah it's a good, good message. And especially for a kid's film, um, it's very important that those those films have, you know, very, very simple but very good messages to sort of teach children who just watch this because they like Lego. Yeah. Um, but... You know, subconsciously, they're registering the fact that Emmett was this ordinary guy. Mm-hmm. Um, There's nothing special about him. He was just, you know, thrust into this situation and he just did the best he could and he became this hero. And, you know, he learned lessons along the way in terms of, like, honesty lessons. Like, I think he originally lied saying that he was the, the special, yep. um, which wasn't the case. And so then he sort of had to come clean about that. But then, you know, try and find his own sort of special, special yeah. thing to do. So, yeah. Yeah, I, look, I have no problem with that. Luke Skywalker is obviously an everlasting hero. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, look, Emmett's a strong case as well. Yeah, so. fantastic, yeah. All right, moving onwards, we have the best villain category. Um, and another really hard category, might I add. Yeah, we had to knock a few off. We obviously went through some sort of process of elimination. These nominations would have probably started with maybe five or six, and we just knocked them off one by one. So it's a very tough, very t- tough competition here. Yep. Um, but the nominations for best villain are Steppenwolf in Zack Snyder's Justice League, the Fairy Godmother from Shrek 2. And, of course, Darth Vader from The Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I'd say, modern day times, we sort of have a problem with villains, just in not only superhero films, but just films in general. Yep. Um, that just sort of comes down to the writing and more emphasis being placed on the hero than the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some great ones here, and obviously the the most modern one being Steppenwolf in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yep. For me, um, why I enjoyed Steppenwolf so much was because, unlike in the 2017 version of the film, he actually is a character. <laughs> he mm. actually, you know, has some motivations, has a bit of backstory in terms of dark side and yep. having wrong dark side, and he sort of has a sympathetic side to him. He just wants to go home, but. Dark Side's obviously got him in some sort of, you know, um, agreement where he has to conquer so many worlds before he redeems himself because obviously he has done something in the past that Dark Side has, you know, has not liked yep. and has now punished him for. So mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Steppenwolf and I think the character design is just, oh, it's just beautiful with all the reflective armor and stuff. Such an upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll let you talk about the Fairy Godmother and Darth Vader because yep. obviously. Yeah. You, you've covered uh, Steppenwolf. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, look, I think we both had a fantastic time with the fairy godmother. Um, Jennifer Saunders absolutely killed this role. Um, I, I'm in, like, awe of how much I love this character. Like, this character was fantastic. Great villain. Great Such villain. a great villain. Um, and, you know, at certain times, you, you really hate the character. Um, I think it's just such a clever idea to take you know, what was the fairy godmother, you know, a, pro- a protagonist mm. generally referred to, um, and then just turn her into this sort of cynical character. Right. Um, and that's that's what the Shrek universe does quite a lot, is they 
is they take these characters and they just kind of flip them on their heads. Mm. You know, they have, um, uh, I think it's um, Rapunzel. They have just turned into a villain in the in the third movie. Oh, right. um, so so they do some pretty interesting stuff. Mm. Um, but as for Darth Vader, I mean, it's Darth Vader. <laughs> you all know what it's about. You've seen Star Wars. If you haven't, then click off this video. What are you doing? Mm. Um, just such an iconic character. And specifically, Empire Strikes Back, I think. It, it may be his his most menacing performance, um, yeah. just in terms of how the character's written and like how he encounters Luke. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with that Bespin fight, and even before that, when he's, um, you know, sort of crashing the the dinner party with Han Solo and Leia and stuff. That's a great scene. Yep. And you see him torturing Han, and you know Boba Fett's there doing his bidding, and so I think more so than A New Hope. He's, he's menacing, and obviously in Return of the Jedi, you sort of see a different side to him, and he comes back to the light. Yeah. Um, so in terms of I am a villain Darth Vader, Empire Strikes Back was the movie to go for, I think. Yep. Um, but the winner in this category? Darth Vader, The Empire Strikes Back. And it's, not, it's not like you can really argue with that. Yeah. Um, however, the fairy godmother, was she does come close. I mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous how close she comes. She's certainly not as iconic. Um, yeah. but definitely for the pur- purpose she serves in the story. Yeah. Um, she's very good yeah. at being a, a villain and not, not really a stereotypical villain. It's mm. a, it's a different sort of villain. So. Yeah. Okay, so we'll move on to an award that is very close to our hearts. I'll let you read this one. The next award is the prestigious meme award. It's prestigious because it's in the title. Yeah, it's it's yes. very prestigious, <laughs> this one. It's more prestigious than the other ones. Yeah, because it has it in the title. Yes, because it has it in the title. Yes, indeed. This is the one people want to take home, the yep. prestigious meme award. Yep. Um, I'm pretty sure they we, we see the same nominations as the... Uh, <laughs> just um, scrolling back up as the funniest the dialogue it's it's slightly, very similar it's slightly different very but... similar <laughs> um we'll move past that uh so the prestigious meme award nominations are nom nom <laughs> the suicide squad obviously king shark oh thank you mother shrek 2 that was a good impression thank you you know i'm something of a scientist myself from Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm, I see what you mean here. We do have King Shark making another appearance. Mm. Um, but it is with some other funnier lines. Where... Shrek 2 is also in there as yes, well. Yes, yes. But that, but that is, I believe, not in the same scene as the... I'll have the medieval meal. It's different. It's yeah. different. It's in the scene where um, I think he, him and his mother are meeting um, the king. Mm. And they're sort of having this backroom conversation. And Fairy Godmother says to Prince Charming that uh, I have to, you know, brush your hair a few hours in advance for the ball or whatever. Mm. And then he goes, oh, thank you, Mother. Or she gives him some sort of compliment. Yeah. And he, he, he then goes on this very, very exaggerated, oh, <laughs> thank you, Mother. Um, so, yeah, I mean... That had to, that's another great line from Shrek 2 from Prince Charming. So he, yeah. he's done well for himself so far at the awards show. Um, and then, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. That's become a meme since Spider-Man 1 
has been released. Yeah. And that, I think they put it in Spider-Man No Way Home just for a bit of fun. I know, yeah. And it's one of the things Marvel's good at. Just sort of throw it in there. Not really because it serves a story, but just because it's a... Just because the fans would be like... Hey, that's, Leonardo DiCaprio pointing me. That's a, that's a thing from another movie. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's a great one. But um, the award for this one? The award for the prestigious meme award goes to... You know, I'm something of a scientist myself mm. from Spider-Man No Way Home. Yes, and instead of giving this one to Kevin Feige, I think you've got to give it to Willem Dafoe because, mm-hmm. because the, the execution of this line in Spider-Man 1 is one of the reasons why it gets memed. Yeah. Because Willem Dafoe is such a great actor. Yep. Such a great actor. Yep. And he he does it with sort of this, you know, this confidence. And um, I don't know, it's just some some sort of suave nature yep. to him. Yeah. Um, which is why it works so well. It's not necessarily the, the line and the words itself, which is why the prequels get memed because of the words itself. Yeah. This is more of a sort of, it's half the delivery. Half. Yeah, it's the delivery of yeah. it. So it's definitely got to go to Willem Dafoe for that mm-hmm. one. So, so um, I think he really stole the show in uh, No Way Home. Definitely. I mean, in terms of villains, I Green Goblin's my favourite. A lot of people like Doc Ock, but I personally think that Green Goblin in that first Spider-Man movie was a more menacing and interesting villain than Doc Ock. Um, a lot of people think Doc Ock's got great character development, but I'd actually disagree with him. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love a bit of Green Goblin, and he was a great villain in Spider-Man No Way Home, so that one has to go to him. Yep. All right. We're going to do one more um, award before we take a short break. Um, so we are going to run through... Um, this is a big category. This is sort of leading into our, you know... Oscar-like awards coming up after the break. We have performance by an actress, performance by an actor, etc. Then we get into the big, the big categories. Um, Well, arguably, the biggest categories have already been. Oh, uh, I mean, the prestigious meme award is very prestigious. (laughs) In the name, come on, the prestigious meme award is prestigious. I will give it that. Yeah, but we have worst performance by an actor or actress. This award is unisex. Yes. So if it, gender it, neutral it, it, it applies to everyone. Okay. Yes. So the nominations. Amber Heard, of course she has to make an appearance <laughs> <laughs> from Zack Snyder's Justice League. What a terrible delivery in the uh, final. <laughs> now, let's let's not get too deep into this, but in the actual film itself, she has a British accent. Yep. And in Aquaman, I believe she has an American accent, yep. which is one of the issues with her performance. Yep. But I, I think that, you know, her performance throughout the Snyder Cut, like the actual film itself, is not terrible. Yep. However, when we get into the additional nightmare scene, mm-hmm. she has two or three lines. Yep. It can't, it's not that hard. It yep. can't be that hard. Yep. And... Just the way that she delivers those lines is just, oh, it's not good. It's yep. not good. It's like they had 30 seconds and they took the first take because, oh, it's rough. And I don't think she's a great actress anyway, um, but that she she almost kills that scene. Yep. It's, it's very tough to get through that because 
thankfully though, as soon as she says that line, Joker starts laughing, and then you're interested in the Joker, yep. Batman. Yep. But goodness me, why don't we get Ray Fisher to say that instead? Yeah. Prompt that Joker to come in. Because anybody else could have done it better. Honestly, even Ezra Miller by Zoom could have done it better. Like, <laughs> it's rough. Anyway, yep. Yep. that's my little rant on why Amber Heard is in there. Yep. The next nomination. The next nomination is all of the cast members from Godzilla vs. Kong. Wow, that's um, that's a bold statement there. Well, not really, because they were all terrible. Um, <laughs> They're all consistently bad. It is, it is important to note, though, that we aren't including Godzilla and Kong themselves no, in no. this category. Great actors, Kong, honestly. Fantastic like, performances. Yeah, great performances. Yes. Honestly, the best performances in the movie, I'd say. Yes, yes. And um, they are, in fact, the VFX characters. So yeah. what does that say? I mean, <laughs> what does that say? Is that a writing problem? Is it the actors themselves? I mean, maybe a bit of both. Maybe both. Rebecca Hall is in there though, and she's a fantastic actress, but she's not good. She's terrible in yeah, this. So, <laughs> so maybe it is the directing and the writing. So yes. anyway, the last nomination. The last nomination is Ivan Drakov from Black Widow. Yeah. This well, is a combination between writing and acting. I yes. Think, yes. It's just a horrendous movie character, just terrible all around. I mean, there's a reason why it's in the worst actor, actress mm. performance. Um, well earned, I must say. <laughs> yeah, the character has about as much development as a snail, <laughs> <laughs> which is none. Yes, I was searching for. A... <laughs> that was a very weird analogy. There. No, that's great. That works great, and sort of you could say that the movie itself moves like a snail yes. throughout the plot, mm. um, because yeah, it's just a dumpster fire of a movie, and this character is very obviously a. Harvey Weinstein sort of replacement here. He's just an old white Russian man who is just inherently bad yep. and we're given no reason as to why he acts the way he does. Mm -hmm. We're just supposed to accept that he is bad man yep. and, and he must be stopped. Yep. And and his weakness is uh is he smells or something? Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh yeah, so no 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 his superpower. So he, he, his, his superpower, his main strength. Is that he cannot smell? I think. No, no, you're completely mistaken it, which I don't. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, that's right. Go on, explain it. Explain so uh, his superpower is that he has some sort of tes testosterone superpower, <laughs> whatever, it is uh, where he gives off these. Um, he smells a certain way. Yes, and if the uh, Black Widow characters smell him then uh, they are under his mind control. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, what a great superpower. I honestly, like, that had been completely, like, erased <laughs> from my mind. <laughs> and just hearing it, just hearing it from an objective, like, just saying it how it is, yep. and not, like, in the film itself. Yeah. It's just so it's funny. So it's so bad, and it is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then decision. yeah because that leads our main hero in this story to have this triumphant moment where yeah. she breaks her nose yeah. on the desk yeah. <laughs> and that's just supposed wow. to go oh wow heroic moment right there great writing goodness me well <laughs> it's a very strong <laughs> character to be honest 
<laughs> it's a very, very close one. Yeah. Yeah. But the winner of worst performance by an actor or actress goes to the entire cast of Godzilla yes, vs. Yes. Kong. I mean, everyone get up on stage. Well, <laughs> Here they, they come. Yeah, all like you know, major cast members. So that would be like maybe ten or fifteen of them. Millie Bobby Brown. Um, yeah, yeah. What a and, bad performance. Yeah, and there are there are talented actors and actresses in in the film, but goodness me, they were just. I mean, remember um, what's the Isla Gonzalez? Um, Isla, how, yeah, yeah, yeah. How <laughs> she would just have reaction shots where she just didn't react. The yep. movie was just showing you how hot she was. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> while she gets out of a helicopter and just stands there. Yeah, and no no performance necessary. Uh, um, they're just hoping that they can bank on the the look. Yep. To sort of get you through the film. Which anyway, it does. Um, yeah, somewhat. Barely. Um, <laughs> okay, we can all get off stage She now. does die at one stage, so then afterwards does she? the movie takes a bit. Uh, I think she does. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, on that note, um, we're going to take a short break. Um, and um, hopefully this is um, a uninterrupted break yes um it's going to run very smoothly um, we, we had a few problems last uh, yeah so for those who don't know last time we were rudely and um just horrifically interrupted yep. by um one martin scorsese yep. who if you don't know is a director yep and he has directed um some well-received films mm-hmm. um in the past yep um his recent ones of late i mean the irishman particularly yeah. i i don't believe was a very nice what a bad movie. movie yeah too yeah. long um yeah. but he did break onto the rewatch podcast um mm-hmm. awards last year yes. and um caused a bit of a fuss since yep. then i've been told by the relevant authorities that yes. he's been residing in arkham asylum mm-hmm. Which is where he should be yes, um, yes. to get some much-needed help and, yep. and, and clarity to to his issues. And j- just in case we have informed our security of yeah, we've of toughened this up measures. Gentleman, yeah. Um, yeah. so we hopefully do have, we do have Robert Pattinson in the house. So yes, yes. You know, if we need some vengeance, we can call on him. Vengeance. Um, so yes, um, I hope we haven't jinxed ourselves there by yes. bringing up Martin Scorsese. Hopefully not. Uh, yeah. I think our chances are pretty good though. We'll... Oh, I mean, he's locked away in Arkham Asylum. Nobody escapes. No from one there. escapes from Arkham exactly. Asylum. Exactly. Yes. I mean, so with that said, we're going to go on a break. Enjoy some awards music, uninterrupted yes. by the likes of Martin Scorsese. We'll be back soon.
Hello, my name is Martin Scorsese, I have recently broken out of Arkham Asylum where I have been held captive since my last appearance on the Rewatch Awards. For the past year I have been listening to every Rewatch podcast and have been waiting for the opportunity to break into this awards ceremony once again. However, my time at Arkham has provided me with some much needed clarity. Upon reflection, while I believe that Marvel movies are generally bad, I actually found the Batman to be a good movie. Maybe the MCU isn't so bad after all. Still, this awards show is utter trash and Taxi Driver is better than all of these movies. Robert De Niro is the best actor in the world and he deserved to win all of these awards. Goodbye. I will no doubt be arrested for my actions here tonight. It was worth it. <laughs> uh, Alright, welcome back to the Rewatch Awards. Um, I, I do have to apologize unexpectedly. Whoa. Completely unexpectedly. As if this happened again. <laughs> Lightning does strike strike twice, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Um, Martin Scorsese has returned. Um, he has been currently being uh, escorted. Out um, of the building by yeah. Robert Pattinson. Yes, and yes. relevant authorities. Um, he did say in his short outburst that he has been in Arkham Asylum for the past year. And how he has broken out of that prison, I am, I am not sure. We will have to investigate. I thought that was impenetrable, both inside and out. <laughs> yes, many times we have seen villains far worse than Martin Scorsese not successfully break yeah. out of Arkham Asylum. It's a very, very, um, very tight, tightly locked prison. Yeah. Um, so that is that is quite disturbing that he is on the loose. <laughs> <laughs> he is somewhere out there roaming the streets. Yes, but but please, um, please remain calm. He is in custody again. Oh, thank God. Hopefully, um, he remains there. Um, but I, he did say that he has come around on the MCU. Um, oh, that is good. And that he has seen the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> he says it's it's. Maybe it's time for him to reevaluate his mm. opinions on Marvel movies because he's seen the Batman. Yes. Well, I think we should also inform him that the Batman isn't an MCU movie. <laughs> <laughs> there yes. seems to be a bit of a mix-up going on there. Yes. Um, but, you know, the man is delusional, so whatever whatever he wants to believe, whatever gives him comfort. Um, we'll lock him in a five-foot prison and then say... Whatever, Martin. Whatever you want. Yes. Well, he has been taken into custody again. I don't I don't know what they're going to do with him because mm. he has broken out of Arkham Asylum. So I don't know if there's a prison that's that's more more fit for his needs yes. um, than Arkham Asylum. But I, I will say though, when he was having his outburst, he did say that that, that Arkham Asylum provided him some much needed clarity. Mm. And I I I will draw your attention to. Lex Luthor in Zack Snyder's Justice League, who says almost the, the those exact those words. Exact lines. It is quite disturbing. Yeah. I, I will say that that um, Martin Scorsese <laughs> has sort of become this Lex Luthor type figure. Yes. yes. Um, so that is most disturbing. Obviously, he wouldn't know who Lex mm. Luthor is. So um, I, I got the inside inside scoop, and I heard that he has a um a small television in his uh, in his. Right, just in like his, in the Dark Knight Rises, cell. how he has the television. Yes, yes. And, and he has Taxi Driver playing on repeat. On repeat, goodness me. Just over and over again. You've got to feel for the prison cards. <laughs> you've, got, you've got to feel for them. Okay, well, moving onwards. 
um, in the name of Martin Scorsese, we will yes. we will <laughs> charge forward with the awards show. Um, the next award is the best performance by an actress in a leading role. Yes. So the nominations are Amy Adams from Arrival, Rebecca Hall from The Night House, and Florence Pugh from Midsummer. I mean, this is an extraordinary category. And this was a very, very hard to pick category, might I add. All of these nominations, in my opinion, deserve, deserve to win them. Oscars when they when those movies were released. Mm-hmm. Rebecca Hall obviously is the most recent performance. Mm-hmm. She was incredible in that movie, like genuinely incredible. Um, the movie's great because she's great. Yes. I do enjoy the story elements, but if she's not good, the movie falls apart. And she is just brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been revisiting some for other stuff like The Town, and I think she's great in that as well, obviously. Fantastic in, in that. In The Prestige as well, very good. Mm-hmm. So, incredible actress, and what a performance in The Night House. What a performance in Godzilla vs. Kong. Mm. Not so much, but when she's given the right material, she can go places. Yep. Amy Adams in Arrival. I know we had mixed opinions on this, but I think we could agree that Amy Adams was quite good. Yes, yes, and for sure. And definitely deserved to be... I don't know. I think she might even not have been nominated for an Oscar when... Which is criminal. Absolutely yeah, criminal. especially considering how um, how well Arrival did at the awards. But that, that performance in particular was very, very good by Amy Adams. Similarly to Rebecca Hall. Mm-hmm. Carries the movie on her shoulders. Yep. But because she's so good, it works. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on Florence Pugh? I mean... You're a big fan? This Yeah, well, in general, I'm a big Florence Pugh fan. Um, but I think we can both agree that this performance was just outstanding. How she just displayed her emotion on the screen was fantastic. And and same as with all of these actresses. I mean, Rebecca Hall was also a very emotional mm. performance. Um, I, I think Florence Pugh's performance in Midsummer was a bit more subtle compared to the other two. Yeah. Um, obviously, towards the end, we get to see a really... Complete cool. outbreak. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. But throughout the course of the film, it's a very subdued, but still brilliant and chilling performance yes yes yeah yeah so the winner of this award the winner of the best performance by an actress in a leading role is florence Pugh, midsummer um and top category this could have gone either way um i think all of these actresses are esteemed in their performances um but i think we, we we came to a decision that florence Pugh. Um, took this one home tonight. Mm. Um, Florence Pugh's winning quite a few tonight, actually. Oh, yeah, she's having a good night. Yeah. Um, definitely winning on the aggregate score so far. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, congratulations to her. Definitely well-deserved, yes. um, for sure. Yeah. Okay, moving on to our next category. Do you want to announce this one, Jay? So the next category is Best Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role. Um, the nominations are... We have... Andrew Garfield in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. We have Hugh Jackman from Prisoners. And we have Timothy Chalamet from Dune. Mm. Tough category. Extremely tough category. But, you know, maybe not as tough as the the women's category. Yeah. Um, Because we do have Andrew Garfield in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I, I do think his performance in that movie is one of the best parts of the film, as well as Emma Stone's. Yep. Um, and sort of almost a saving grace for most of the film. Mm-hmm. And we've seen him come out and say, 
oh, you know that scene that's really, really good? Yep. That was my idea. Oh, and you know that other scene that was really, really good? That, that was also was my, my idea. idea. And it's like, well, why doesn't Andrew Garfield just direct the Spider-Man movie? Like, yep. <laughs> and star in it himself. Um, because he had some great ideas. But he's also, his performance is quite emotional in the film. And yeah. I think he pulled it off. So, yeah. um, what did you think of Hugh Jackman in Prisoners? Wow, what a, what a realistic performance. Mm. Um, if you haven't seen Prisoners, go watch it. Um, it's a fantastic film. Um, I think his performance was just so disturbingly realistic. Um, you really feel for his character in the film. Mm. Um, I think Hugh Jackman is an absolute standout in that movie. Um, also, Jake Gyllenhaal does a fantastic performance. Um, and we'll, we'll maybe talk about him later on. <clears throat> but yeah, just he absolutely just killed it in this mm. role. Yeah, I completely agree. And Hugh Jackman, he's had some experience with Wolverine in um, doing those rage scenes. And mm-hmm. my God, he's great at and Logan, yeah. what a fantastic performance. Exactly. I mean, almost as good as this performance, um, but I think this was probably his best performance I've seen from him. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, the sheer rage and the sadness and everything is just so well done. Yep. Um, then we also have Timothy Chalamet in June. Um, a lot of 12-year-old girls love this man. Um, and... To see him cast as Paul in June was was very, very, um, I don't know, he gave me some confidence in the film because he's a great actor and I've yep. seen him in some other stuff and he's, he's, he's brilliant. He's also chosen to do a lot of indie stuff and mm-hmm. keep doing indie stuff even though his sort of popularity has been rising. Yep. We haven't seen him become a Spider-Man or a, you know, a Batman or whatever. Yep. And, um... I love he, the stuff he's doing. Yeah, he's he, very selective. He's yeah, I, he has great taste as well. I don't think he's done many things that are bad. Mm. Um, you've seen him in Little Women, right? Yeah, such a great performance yeah. in that as well. I mean, we also saw him in The French Dispatch, which was fantastic. Yeah, he was good in that. I also saw him in um, Beautiful Boy, which is a story about a drug addict son um, dealing with with his condition and, and Steve Carell playing the father. And that was an incredible movie. And that is an Oscar-worthy performance, in my opinion, in mm-hmm. that, from Timothy Chalamet there. Yep. I'm surprised he didn't get an Oscar because it's a very sort of Oscar-friendly role. Yep, Oscar bait. Timothy Chalamet in June, I mean, he had a lot of things to do in terms of the emotions. He had to, Paul's a very complex character, so mm-hmm. he had to sort of be, be confident, but also be, be childish a bit and, yep. and sort of so he had a lot of things to do and i think he did it really really well so mm-hmm. great performance from him i'm very interested to see where his character will go and where his performance will go in the next movie but the winner of course has to go to hugh jackman in prisoners because that performance stands above the rest and um, <clears throat> just it's a joy to watch really um, yeah hugh jackman australia's own um, probably the best Australian actor mm-hmm. ever, yep. um, in my opinion, at least. I'd, I'd have to agree with that. Mm. Yep. So well-deserved award. Hugh Jackman is taking home the um, best performance by an actor there. I mean, Rebecca Hall, also Australian, born and raised. Um, yes, that's very true. Yeah. That is very true. And that is one of the reasons why, you know, Rebecca Hall, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Yep. Um, so, yes. Moving on to the next category, which is the best supporting performance from an actor. You want to take this one, Jen? 
So the nominations are Viggo Mortensen from Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, Oscar Isaac, Dune, Jake Gyllenhaal, Prisoners, and uh, we touched on Jake Gyllenhaal from Prisoners briefly before, mm. um, but another fantastic performance. I mean, he, he sort of plays this... Um, this this sort of cop that's the yeah. sort of the anchor to uh, to Hugh Jackman's character. Yeah. We had a discussion as to whether he was the main protagonist or not because they yeah. they very evenly share screen time. It's it's very similar to the uh, last night in Soho with Anya Taylor Joy. It's very true. Um, uh, um, Thomas and McKenzie. Thomas and McKenzie. Yes, very similar in terms of how they shared screen time in that. Um, what are your thoughts on Jake Gyllenhaal? Oh, I mean, that performance is is definitely up there with my Gyllenhaal performances. I probably put it second behind Nightcrawler. Exactly, yep. Um, Same. But what he does in this film from nothing is make this character very, very interesting. And it makes it seem like he there is more to him than we see in the film. Just from his, from his tattoos, from his demeanour, how he walks, how he talks, how he blinks. Yeah, you know, constantly tired, um, frustrated, but also this heroic aspect to him, um, just an incredibly um, well constructed character, and it's not really due to the writing; it's due to his performance. So he really takes that character and runs with it. Uh, I also really like Oscar Isaac in June. Oscar Isaac, um, he's been trying to get in some good sci-fi stuff. He has in the past. He's been stuck in Star Wars for a few years, which is unfortunate for him because his character really went nowhere in there. But hearing him being cast as Duke Leto was like, it's perfect and it's exactly how you would think the character would be in the book. Um, just absolutely nailed a very limited role, but played his part so perfectly because it does influence the rest of the, the saga with his death in June and just, just played this really tortured father who loves his son but sort of knows that that death is awaiting him he's a doomed man yep. and oscar isaac just absolutely nailed that role um mm -hmm. you're a big fan of vigo mortensen oh yeah i mean aren't you as well i mean aragorn is a fantastic character probably one of my favorites from the lord of the rings trilogy yeah um just the way he handles the character and the way he converts the source material um, so faithful, such a faithful adaptation, um, and, and just a phenomenal performance. Um, yeah, I, I could go on about his performance for ages, but in a nutshell, it, it is just fantastic. Mm. But the winner of the best supporting performance from an actor is going to go to Jake Gyllenhaal in Prisoners, yep. which means that Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal are both taking home the Rewatch Awards for best actor and best supporting actor respectively for prisoners yep which is very just i feel and i think that's that's a testament to how good of a film prisoners is yes. and why you should go watch this yeah. movie yeah and also a testament to the director denny v i mean he's got four nominations total in the best actor and best perform best supporting actor alone Mm -hmm. He's got Hugh Jackman, Timothy Chalamet, Oscar Isaac, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yep. All of those performances from the men in his movies are really, really good. And we'll see in the next categories 
the women in his movies are great as well. So that is a testament to him. I mean, I think Danny V got the best performance out of Ryan Gosling he's ever given yep. in Blade Runner. He just manages to get those performances. So Dave Bautista, yeah. I mean, Blade Runner and June, very yeah. good. Yeah. So he obviously is very good with the actors, which is a very important thing. Crucial. So let's move on to the next category, which is Best Supporting Performance from an Actress. Yes. Would you like to read this one? So the nominations are Emma Stone, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Rebecca Ferguson, June, Anya Taylor-Joy, Last Night in Soho. I will say I do recall Emma Stone getting nominated last season yes. for this award. Did she take it away? I um not quite sure but i think it was for the amazing spider-man one yes yes so So she's back again she's back again which is a testament to how good her character is in the saga i mean everyone you know everyone who's watched those movies knows that emma stone is legitimately objectively the best part about those movies um her chemistry with andrew garfield electric and her character gwen stacy is not just a love interest she mm-hmm. is much more. She's tied into the story so so well. Yep. From the beginning to the end. Yes. It's literally her saga because, you know, it starts with Peter meeting her and then it finishes with her dying. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think that if she wasn't brought back somehow in the Amazing Spider-Man three, it might have lost something that made it so special. Yep. Um, but I, I I do hear that they were planning on bringing Spider Gwen into it, but still. Marvel, give me Spider Gwen, please. Yes. Emma Stone, please. I beg you. I beg you. Then you then you can sleep at night. Yes. Um, then I can then I can die a happy man. Yes. Um I keep saying that. I do have Andrew Garfield back as Spider Man. That is enough for me. Yeah. At least for now. But you know It won't satisfy you forever. I need Andrew Garfield <laughs> and Emma Stone on screen again, even though it would be very awkward considering they've broken up and now she's married and has a child with somebody else. But yes. I need to see them on screen again. That would be beautiful. That's some uh, La La Land stuff there. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, yeah, Andrew Garfield is literally Ryan Gosling's character in that movie. Um, not literally, but I like to think he is. He's yeah. very similar. Um, the, the next nomination? The next nomination. After Emma Stone for After The Amazing Emma Spider-Man Stone 2. is Rebecca Ferguson from mm. June. Um, what a phenomenal performance, man. Yeah. Just really the emotion of the film. Um, mm. lands on Rebecca Ferguson. Honestly, character. the anchor of the movie, I would say. Yep. A, a crucial component. Absolutely crucial component of the film. Um, yeah, I think Rebecca Ferguson is just such an esteemed actress. Um, you still haven't seen um, Mission Impossible Fallout. No. Um, if you were to watch that, you would understand how versatile she is. Right. She is a, just an absolutely phenomenal actress. Um and I think that she rightfully deserved a nomination in this category. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing her in the next film as well. She has a very important role to play in that second half of the book. Yep. So, yeah, man, she was so good in this. And I was really hoping she would get an Oscar nomination. She didn't, but I was really, really, like, rooting for her to get that nomination. But unfortunately, just probably just missed out. Maybe it's the screen time, who knows? Yeah, it might be, but I think people have won it for less, maybe. Yep. Um, but yeah. yeah. Run us through the last uh, one. Uh, uh, the last one is Anya. Anya. 
Taylor Joy. Taylor Joy. From the last night in Soho, or last night in Soho. Mm -hmm. Um, Look, man, I'm a simp for this woman. I'm a simp for all of these women, (laughs) to be fair. Emma Stone, Rebecca Ferguson, Anya Taylor Joy, or Anya Taylor Joy. Um, That's like my personality right there. Like, I love (laughs) that. Um, So, especially last night in Soho, um, Anya's character being this sort of. When's it set? The 60s? 60s, 70s? Uh, I want to say 60s. Yeah, just yeah. just the how she embodies that spirit. It's yeah. just it's one of the more interesting parts of that film, and it is a flawed film. But you can't deny that when Anya's on screen, she just holds a presence. You know? Yeah, yeah, just absolutely, like you said, just makes a presence on screen. Mm. Um, For such a young actress as I well know, to yeah. have that presence, it's in superstar. Presence, yeah, you know? yeah, she got the confidence. Yeah, so. I think we're going to see her in the Northman this year. Yep. Um, and so I'm looking forward to, to that because she's an incredible actress. And, and possibly in June part two. Oh, yes. Well, it's either going to be Florence Pugh or Anya. So, or Anya. Yeah. I, look, I would prefer Anya to be honest, but Florence Pugh's a great actress as we've already covered. So for Princess Irulan or however you say it. I'd be happy with either. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, me too. But I think, yeah. Well, would you be happy with either? <laughs> you, you're sounding hesitant. I would prefer, I would prefer Anya Taylor-Joy, to be honest. I think she has more of that royal aesthetic to her. Um, mm-hmm. She looks a bit, like she just has the look better. I think she fits into the world better. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the fact that Jason Momoa worked in June yep. shows that, you know, through costuming and how characters were designed and, and shaving your beard. Yeah, just making those sort of changes. I imagine they'll dress Florence Pugh. I, I think she will get the role. I mean, if she's in talks and that's public, she's probably got it already. Mm. But I think they'll dress her up in this nice royal attire. She'll put on this, you know, very, we won't see her a lot of her, yep. but she'll put on this very, like, prestigious, you know, she can do that. I think yeah. she can do that. Yep. So. I'm looking forward to whoever they cast. I think will be will be great. Um, but it's either going to be Florence or, or Anya. But Anya's probably tied up in some other things, probably. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the winner is Rebecca Ferguson in June. Yes, and rightfully so. I mean, I mean it's a tough category to be fair, mm-hmm. but Rebecca Ferguson. I mean, yeah, she just she was she didn't steal the movie, but. She supported so well yep. um, as the mother of the main character and the wife of one of the, you know, one of the most crucial characters just absolutely played her role to perfection. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to see what happens next because she'll move into, she's going to be the single parent now because obviously her husband is dead. Well, yes. not her husband, they never married, but um, with Duke Leto dead, She's going to be the only sort of guiding point for Paul's character going forward. So she's going to be very, very important. Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see how her performance evolves. Do do you like her in this category, beating out Anya and Emma Stone? Yeah, look, um, I think any of these actresses are deserving of this role, uh, of this award. Um, Rebecca Ferguson, man, when, when you think of supporting actress, you think of her in this role. She doesn't overextend. She doesn't, you know, take too much away from the main character. 
um, but she sort of plays in the background a bit and mm. supports. That's essentially what she does. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just great performance. Okay, let's move on to Best Director. The nominations for this category are George Lucas for the original trilogy. Well, he directed the very first movie, did not direct the other one. So he's only eligible for Star Wars and New Hope. Yep. We have Danny V. Yep. Um, for Dune, for mm-hmm. Prisoners, for Arrival. Three movies. For anything else? No. Not that I'm aware of. I don't think so. Not yet. Anyway. Yes. And then we also have Peter Jackson for mm. Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Um, I'll let you have a discussion about these and then announce the winner because yep. I think your expertise sort of lie in this area here. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, George Lucas is just, he, he created something extremely special that's, you know, almost 50 years later um, is still leaving an impact on mm. people. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's so well received, um, such a phenomenal movie, so iconic, um, style. If you think of sci-fi, you think of Star Wars. Um, it's just generation defining, it's genre defining, it's an incredible movie. Mm. And the way that he directed it was just, it's arguably sketchy coming from the actors and actresses um yeah i it doesn't seem like he worked very well with his actors yes but which um, is probably one of the reasons why the saga as a whole didn't sort of maintain yeah the original trilogy sort of yeah yeah um but yeah i mean you have to put him in here for his impact that he had yeah um denny villain Denny V. Denny V, let's call him Denny V. Um, Look, we did three movies um, this season of Denny V's uh, filmography. He's such a phenomenal director, man. Um, I'm pretty hit or miss with him, as as you know, and as the viewers know, if if you're a big-time listener. Um, But, I mean, you you just have to respect what he does. He's, Mm. He's one of the best working directors today. Um, he has created some instant classics, as you might want to call them. Um, and obviously, you know, we've, we've talked about June on this podcast and how much we both loved it. Um, just a phenomenal director, man, and, and well deserved to sit in between these two. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Peter Jackson has created one of the most iconic if not the most iconic trilogy of all time. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, just an absolute one-to-one faithful recreation of um, J.R.R. Tolkien's novel. Yeah. Um, yeah, just an absolutely incredible piece of work. We talked about fellowship on this podcast um, in yeah, this season. Good friend Harry. With Harry, yep. Um, it was a great combo, that one, actually. Um, and in the future seasons, we'll talk more about uh, the Two Towers and Return mm. of the King. So stay tuned for them. And I think we're about to go on a bit of a marathon with uh, with yeah. the extended editions. I yeah. just picked them up on 4K. Mm. Um, so that good. should be fun. Um, but obviously, you know, all, all of these directors are fantastic. They each deserve this um, to win this award. Um, it was a very, very close one. Um, I think this was probably the second hardest to decide. It was very difficult. Yeah. And the winner goes to? It goes to Peter Jackson for that first Lord of the Rings film. It got a double A plus from us, which was sort of the defining factor, I think. Um, Danny V, um, as you said, 
you can be a bit mixed on Danny V. I'm I'm quite a fan, mm-hmm. um, but still, he only got one double A plus from us. I think Prisoners was maybe averaging an A minus or A maybe. Um, I gave it a B plus. You gave it a A plus. So. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, averaging around the A minus A mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and then George Lucas, A New Hope. Um, I think you gave an A plus, and I gave an A, a. or an A minus, maybe. So you gave it an A. Yeah. Peter Jackson's the only one here with a completely clean record, and I imagine going forward, he will also still have a completely clean record um, in terms of A pluses. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, maybe two towers slides to an A, yep. A minus, but it's still it's not going to go into the B category. Mm-hmm. It's still a great movie. Yeah. Um, and then he's obviously going to get a double A plus for the last one. Exactly. Of course. So. Peter Jackson, I mean... I can already see that winning. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's honestly, like, you could make a good argument as to why it's the best trilogy of all time, um, but mm-hmm. I am looking forward to watching the extended editions. Yep. The next award is Best Original Song from the Rewatch Playlist. I know we've been saying it throughout the, this podcast, but this is generally always going to be the hardest um, hardest category yes. for us because yep. every... Every podcast we do, we take two songs from the film we just watched and put it into the rewatch playlist, which is a playlist on Spotify you can listen to by going to the description below. And so automatically, every week we are putting, or every podcast we do, we're putting two great songs. <laughs> we're putting two great songs into this playlist, and it's just yeah. growing and growing and growing with great, great, great songs. And we have to choose three from like 40 great songs it's which hard. is very 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 difficult yes. so the nominations are we have the main title from Star Wars from John Williams that's from the first movie but it's reused in every other movie yep yep <laughs> um, which obviously comes up when the big Star Wars logo and the opening crawl plays mm-hmm. we have Concerning Hobbits from the Lord of the Rings The Fellowship of the Ring which is from Howard Shaw which is one of the most iconic songs from Lord of the Rings yep we also have Ripples in the Sand from June, which is by Hans Zimmer. Very iconic already. Um, very recent movie, of course. So maybe there's a bit of recency bias there. but I wouldn't say so. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mean, say uh, so. It's such a phenomenal song. Uh, we both love it and we love that scene. The score is incredible in June and in the cinema. What an experience that was, yeah. Ripples in the Sand. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, the winner, it's going to go to main title, um, the Star Wars theme there because it's star wars and i yep. mean it's the most if you go up to almost anybody and say can you hum the star wars theme they'll go they'll do the main title they won't do the da, force da, theme da, yeah da, they da, won't da, they won't yep. do you know jewel of the fates or you know across the stars or whatever it's called yep. um they'll do the main title yeah um so it's got to be the clear winner um well deserved john williams um what a talent and um truly remarkable composer so, yeah moving on to a similar award Best original score. I'll let you go through the categories. This is obviously for the overall score of a film. So which film had the best score that we dealt with on season two? So the nominations are The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Hans Zimmer, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, Howard Shaw, and Star Wars, John Williams. I mean, we've pretty much just talked about them because... They are very similar to the previous uh, award in terms of nominations. Yeah. Um, the Amazing Spider-Man Two snuck in here. I wouldn't. Sorry, yes. I wouldn't say snark. Yeah. I would say it's rightfully deserved to sit amongst these. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Hans Zimmer just absolutely popped off on this. I have no idea why as well. It's so bizarre. It's 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 so funny because yeah. it's it's not a great film. I will admit that. Yeah. But the score here is so complex and mm-hmm. unique. And there's like, I don't know why, but Sony went all in on the sound department. They got like a group of 10 people, including Junkie XL, yep. Hans Zimmer. And then you've got like Pharrell Williams, Pharrell Williams Alicia Keys. And Alicia then, Keys? Yeah, yeah. So, so Sony just essentially went, okay, so get our top 10 artists in yep. this room, put them in a room for six months and make them just jam out. Yep. And we, they gave us such a complex sort of score and people don't appreciate it because the movie's bad. They don't, you know, they don't take that element and really give it a fair shot. Yep. But we have a different theme for Spider-Man, um, Peter and Gwen. Mm-hmm. We have different theme for Harry Osborn, different theme for Electro. Yep. Just goes on and on and on and on and on. And then we have that triumphant Spider-Man theme. Oh, on Spider-Man. Yep. And we have the big Hans Zimmer song at the end to tie it all up, just yep. like he does in Inception and all of his other movies. Yep. And it's just so good. It's so good and it's so well thought out. And it's one of his best scores, in my opinion. I might be a bit biased, but I do think that, you know, it is one of the most complex Spider-Man scores. And someone like Michael Giacchino for Spider-Man No Way Home, it doesn't even come close in yep. terms of the complexity of it. And yep. the different themes, the different instruments. So that that's that's for me. I bargained hard to get this one in there. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. And we have Lord of the Rings and Star Wars, which we've talked about before, but obviously they are incredible scores that stand the test of time. Yep. Another Hans Zimmer. Yeah. <laughs> so we have two. We have Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and then Hans Zimmer again. <laughs> I mean, it's the same nominations as before. Um, obviously, Just Hans Zimmer sort Zimmer of changed there. Yeah. Um, I would say that's interchangeable between both of them. Though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and the winner goes to... Lord of the Rings again. Yes. Uh, oh, wait, not again, sorry. Star Wars won before. So Lord of the Rings is going to take this one home. Um, In terms of comparing the score from Fellowship and A New Hope, I do think Fellowship maybe just gets there. but oh, It's, it's so pretty close. close. It's so, so close. close. This was such a difficult one to choose as well. Mm. Um, obviously, we talked about that before, how you have to look at every single film that we do on the podcast and think hey i mean which is the best score here yeah. and it's so difficult to do um yeah. lord of the rings i'm just going to flat out say it. it's it's my favorite score of all time i think howard shaw just absolutely encapsulated what jrr tolkien was going for um yeah it, it's just incredible what he was able to do with the score and every time i listen to it it just it just takes me away, man. It, it brings me into Middle Earth. Um, it, it's, it's just such a great score. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. The next category is Best Visual Effects. So we've had Worst CGI. Yep. This is Best Visual Effects. So, um, I'm, so I guess Best CGI, however you want to phrase it. Mm-hmm. Um, the nominations are, we have The Amazing Spider-Man 2, The Lego Movie, and June. Newcomer June. Yeah, yep. so some very recent movies in there, which kind of makes sense given how visual effects is constantly improving. Yep. Um, but what do you think of these nominations? Um, look, I think The Amazing Spider-Man 2 has the best um, visual effects out of any Spider-Man film. Probably the best visual effects out of any superhero film. Um, ju- just the swinging, the web swinging mm. in it is just fantastic. Um, 
and and to be minded that suit is all CGI when it's swinging. Um, um, yeah, for most of it, yeah, most yeah. of it is it's CGI, and they and they it get all the ripples on yeah, it. Yeah. it. It looks so incredibly realistic. Um, and then you compare that to something like <laughs> like No Way Home, like no Way Home, when they do the same thing, where it's then... just it's it's skin tight, so you can't see any realistic features mm. on it. Mm. Um, but we'll stop bagging on No Way Home. <laughs> um, look, I, I think Amazing Spider-Man Two VFX are just just so good, man, so incredible. Um, the Lego Movie is is one that we've put in here, and to explain it um, is essentially. I think the Lego movie had some of the best visual effects um, of its time. It, it, the way that it created the environment mm-hmm. um, and just the rendering of every single every Lego brick, brick yeah. is insane, man. Like, it, it, and it looks beautiful to mm-hmm. look at. It's such a beautiful film to look at. Um, so I think if we didn't put it in here, it would be kind of criminal to not put it in For here. Sure. Um, I... I adore the visual effects in this. Mm. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And it's hard to pass up June as well with that. Just think of the scene where the Atreides get attacked by the Harkonnens with all of the, you know, the rockets mm-hmm. and the explosions and the ornithopters and the shields and yep. the worms. And yep. it's just all of it. Because they did a lot of it practically, it just looks so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not to take away from the VFX artists who, you know, created the worms, created the movements in the ornithopter wings and all of that sort of stuff. So June is a tough, it's, it's, it's a close category. Very close category. But the winner goes to the Lego movie because it, it probably had the most complex job out of the two, two other films. Mm-hmm. Um, considering it's an animated film, they wanted to make it look realistic, but they didn't want to make it look too realistic. But they still wanted to get all of those Lego bricks in there, give all that detail. So yep. It's just incredible. The the detail, it really comes to life when you're watching the film. It, it, it's a beautiful looking movie. Such a beautiful looking movie. Definitely well deserved there. Yep. Best cinematography. This is every film nerd on Twitter's favorite word, cinematography. It makes you sound like you are a director yourself if you say, oh, this film had great cinematography. Yeah. It's just a nice word to say. Film nerds. Yes. Mm. Um, but in this category, we have the nominations for Best Cinematography. Dune, Tasm 2, or The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Yep. Your thoughts on the cinematography in these movies here? Yep. Um, look, uh, June, like you said before, maybe there's some recency bias, but I genuinely believe that some of the shots, um, Greg Frazier encapsulated in this film Mm. are just incredible. Absolutely phenomenal stuff. Um, it's such a beautiful movie to look at in the cinema. Um, I also think the color grading is fantastic. That's typically not something we touch on. Um, but obviously the oranges and the browns is just so beautiful, man. Yeah. Um, and then, um, the Batman as well, he's recently done the Batman also encapsulates that, um, sort of aesthetic. Yeah. Um, such a great cinematographer, mm. um, Greg Frazier, check out his stuff. Um, Tasm 2, we've talked about it before. Um, obviously, you know, the web swing and the way it sort of, the, 
the camera tracks the the web swinging is just yeah. fantastic um another beautiful looking movie um yeah do you want to talk more about Tasm yeah 2? so dan mindle did the cinematography for tasm 2 he's also done the force awakens he's done a lot of jj abrams movies which is kind of a you know a warning sign um if you're affiliated <laughs> just... with jj abrams um but the force awakens was a great looking movie i'll give it that and um also did the rise of skywalker which um, the best move best thing about that movie is how it looks as well yeah and also did pacific rim uprising which is one of the movies that oh that's john boyega uh yeah 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 so that's that's a movie that a lot of um retail stores put on on the 4k move uh tvs to make it look good yep. so that's a testament as well so he's created some great looking movies mm. um and i the cinematography in this as you said is just very good very good um reliably good but then also when you get to the web swing very modern mm -hmm. and also like does new things you know it does very unique things in terms of how the camera's positioned like we get a few gopro shots yeah first person yep. shots um those things haven't been done in a spider-man film before you know look at spider-man 3 and then look at tasm 1 in terms of the difference and how everything is captured on camera it's extraordinary how yep. the i don't think he didn't do tasm 1 but um obviously you took something from tasm 1 into tasm 2 but yeah lord of the rings fellowship of the ring is on here of course it is it's, it's a great looking film um it, it, it does everything right what can we say and in terms of the cinematography a lot of the times they had to do very complicated things and to make the the dwarfs look taller and or the the normal people look like dwarfs and you know all that sort of yep. stuff so i think it was very advanced in the way that it went about making new techniques sort of changing the game in terms of you know the shots and how it captured those certain shots like you were talking about andrew um lesney was the cinematographer on lord of the rings right. as he was with uh all of the lord of the rings films and then into the hobbit trilogy mm -hmm. as well um so yeah I, I i do believe that lord of the rings is some of the most beautiful looking cinematography mm -hmm. um out there yeah okay let's move on to our Wait, did we give the award for that one? We haven't given oh. out the award yet. <laughs> You're trying to steal someone's award here. Let's give that award. Who's it going to? The Best Cinematography Award goes to Greg Frazier for June. Well-deserved. I really hope he wins the Oscar as well. Yep. It's going to be close, I think, for, for this year, for the Oscars. But um, well-deserved in terms of the rewatch awards. It's a beautiful-looking movie. Yep. My goodness. And it, he's on for June too, so brilliant. Thank God yeah mm. hopefully he does the sequel to the batman as well yep best sound design is the next category we have the night house star wars the empire strikes back and dune mm. now star wars the empire strikes back got onto this list because all of the sounds are not digitally created they're all like acoustic, acoustic. sounds yep which is extraordinary um and in what an achievement yep um, the night house is on here because of just how intricately the sound is designed in terms of the creaking of the house, all those subtle movements. The sound design is what scares you in the night house. Mm -hmm. June is on here because, I mean, the score, yep, the sound effects, it just it all comes together and works brilliantly in this huge operatic movie. Yep. What are you? You got any thoughts? 
Um, uh, look, I think the night house was just so eerily perfect. Mm. Um, the sound design in that was just phenomenal. Um, arguably the best part of the movie. Um, probably stands alongside Rebecca, uh, sorry, Rebecca Hall's performance. Mm. Um, you've already explained why Empire Strikes Back is on there. It's all, uh, it's all acoustic. So it's sort of, it's created um, a trend there in terms of um, sticking to acoustic. You don't really see it nowadays, but mm. it, it was a trendsetter. Um, and June, June. Uh, I had such a just such a great time sitting in the theater, watching June and just listening to the music, listening mm. to the sound design, the explosions. Um, it was just a cinematic experience. One of my favorite times in the cinema for the um, sound design. Mm. Yeah. So the award for best sound design is going to go to the Night House purely because it was such a good movie, and we we wanted to to honor it with an award, mm-hmm. and we think that this this award is is. Very well deserved. Deserving. Yep. Um, we're not, it's not. We're not giving it out of pity like they did with Leonardo DiCaprio's Oscar in The Revenant. Even yep. though that's an Oscar-worthy performance, in my opinion. Yep. It's very clear. But that he should have won it before that. There was a campaign for him, and yep. you know. Anyway, um, so we're giving it to the Night House because the, the that's what scares you in a movie, man. Yeah. It's just you can't escape the sound design, as I think you said in yep. the podcast. Yep. Jaden's favorite award. I'll let you take this one, mate. Rightio. So um, just a quick explanation of these awards is it's the uh, three most favorite um, movies that we did on this season of the podcast. Mm. It's the films that we enjoyed the most. It's the films that we probably enjoy talking the most about on the podcast. Um, And we just essentially pick our favorite movie out of them. Mm. So uh, the nominations for my favorite award are The Empire Strikes Back. Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, and Dune. Um, uh, look, they're all phenomenal movies. Um, obviously, uh, two of these movies have been some of my favorite movies, you know, since I really got into film. Um, and then Dune's on there as well because it really, really surprised me this year. Yeah. Um, I had such a fun time with Dune. Obviously, we've talked about it for a ridiculous length on this um, this award show here mm-hmm. um, and we had a great time talking about it on the podcast um, but as for the winner it's going to be The Empire Strikes Back look it's my fourth most favourite movie ever created um, I do believe that it is one of the most incredible movies ever created mm-hmm. um, it is just such a phenomenal piece of art it, it, everything about it is just ph- phenomenal Um and I do believe that you also gave it the A plus, so it got yes. a double A plus from double us a on the plus. podcast, which is a very rare occurrence. We don't give it out much. Well, um, actually, all of your favorites, um, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and June, I believe they all got double A pluses all, from us. Yeah, they, <laughs> you have they are taste. double A pluses. You so have yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, doesn't quite apply to my favorites award. Um, so my favorites, the three are Zack Snyder's Justice League, the Amazing Spider-Man 2, and Dune as well. Mm. So for me, I mean, I love a bit of DC superheroes, and Zack Snyder's Justice League was a, like everything a DC fan could ever want. It's a Justice League movie that is genuinely good. Mm-hmm. It develops the characters. Um, it, it, it gives you a satisfying conclusion while also setting up very interesting things to come. Um, 
great performance by pretty much everyone involved. A lot of people weren't a fan of The Flash, but then he saved the bloody universe or the multiverse in yep. this movie. The score is, oh, it's it's beautiful by Junkie XL. The cinematography is mm, mm. beautiful as well. Um, it all comes together for an epic four-hour-long DC fan fest. Yeah. Um, so that makes it onto my favourites, of course. The Amazing Spider-Man 2, well, you know, that's my favourite movie of all time. So, And I'll... that's that's a serious statement, everyone. Um, yeah, if yeah. you haven't listened to the podcast before, <laughs> he genuinely he loves the yes, amazing spider-man uh, 2 it's very nostalgic for me i um, yeah it's i won't go into it again i've gone into it so many times but andrew garfield's spider-man is very very special to me that's why seeing him back in no way home was so so cool mm-hmm. um then also have june on there because i'm a big fan of the book read it recently then watched the movie and was completely blown away i loved any of these movies and june was something special Yep. But obviously, the award's going to go to The Amazing Spider-Man 2 because that is my favourite movie of all time. But it is very close, obviously. I would give all of these a five-star mm-hmm. in my heart. So, you know. Yep. Move on to our next award, which is our favourite podcast. This is a new award. This is just the podcast that we enjoyed chatting about the most, you know. Um, the film that we enjoyed chatting about the most. Yep. Um, and the nominations are, we have The Night House, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and Arrival. The Nighthouse is on here because we went into some interesting theories about mm-hmm. The Nighthouse. It was a movie that allowed us to do that. We have The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which lasted for two hours. So um, A bit of a drunk podcast that <laughs> one was. Uh, uh, it was a good time. It was a good celebration. Um, and then we also have Arrival on there because that was a movie we were very uh, completely polarized on. I believe yeah. I gave that an A+, and you gave it like a D. A D plus. Yeah. yeah. So... And it's very interesting to come at it with different opinions. I was completely blindsided. I had no idea you would think it was that bad at all. Yep. I was thinking we were going to have a nice discussion about how good it is. But I think that made the podcast more fun, just oh, yeah. being on opposite ends. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think the award's going to go to the Nighthouse, and it's, it's a good podcast if you want to check it out and watch the movie, because um, definitely watch the movie first, because we delve into some cool theories there, and we sort of come up with some... Legitimate theories, not just, you know, like... Not just off the top of the head sort of things. Yeah. Things that genuinely make sense and yeah. could go well with the story. Yeah. Um, it was such a fun time talking about The Night House, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad you made me watch it. Yeah, um, please go check out the podcast. I think it was a genuinely interesting conversation mm-hmm. that we had. Yeah. yeah. Okay, next we have a, um award that the lawyers keep telling us to remove. <laughs> um, it's called the People's Choice Award. And this is obviously not affiliated with the People's Choice Awards. 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 With an S on the end. Um, yeah, um, this is the People's Choice Award, not yes. affiliated with the People's Choice Awards. Um, yep. Awards. Yes. Yes. Um, do you want to run through the nominations? So the nominations for the People's Choice Award are <laughs> Shrek 2, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and Last Night in Soho. These are the. This award is just measured by um, how... Many well people received. watched it, how well received it was, mm. yeah. Yep. So, and I um, think, you know, Shrek 2 for some reason blew up. So. Shrek 2, it just, it, I don't know why, but it has like 4,000 views or something on YouTube. YouTube's a um, funny thing. And, and we, we tend to average about, you know, 30 to 50 views per podcast. Mm. Um, I don't know why, Shrek 2 just, it just yeah. skyrocketed. Yeah. Um, and that's the YouTube algorithm for you. I'll, I'll never understand it. Um yeah yeah i think it was a great podcast we had a great time talking about that as well yeah Yeah. this is a funny one i'm gonna enjoy doing this one worst picture 
we have Black Widow, Army of the Dead, Godzilla vs. Kong. I mean, let's save everyone some time. The worst movie on here is definitely Black Widow. I don't want to talk about it anymore because yeah. it's a terrible movie. Shouldn't have been made. Well, it should have been made in 2016 mm. or 2015, mm-hmm. but, you know, Kevin Feige wasn't progressive enough to do a female-led movie. Mm. But now he suddenly is. Preach. And so he's decided to retcon history, even though the character is dead, they'll do a movie about it, which doesn't make sense. Yep. Completely takes the stakes away. Introduces a character, which is fine, I guess. She's been a bit annoying in the Hawkeye series, though. Um, look, if this movie never released, I would be completely happy with that. So I would, I would erase it from history if I could. So, worst picture obviously goes to Black Widow. Well deserved. Yeah, well deserved. Best animated picture. The nominations are Shrek 2, Lego Movie, and Wally. I mean, out of these, there's some great movies it's there. It's the only three we've done this season. So. Yeah, that is true. Um, that is true, actually. So, we didn't do as many animated pictures. Yeah. Um, but still, whether we did three, whether we did 300, the Shrek 2 has taken it away. The Shrek 2 has taken it away. Shrek 2 is definitely I mean, it's, it's a double A+. Plus, so. Yeah. so it's got the award there for best animated picture. Phenomenal movie. Now, the final category, best picture. Arguably the best and the biggest category. Yes. And all of these films got double A stars from us. The Empire Strikes Back, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, and Dune. What's the winner, Jamie? The winner for the best picture goes to The Empire Strikes Back. Tough, 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 but deserved. Yes. I mean, you could give it to any of them, but The Empire Strikes Back, it's hard to deny. Such a great movie. One of the best movies of all time. So good. And that about wraps it up for the Rewatch Awards for Season 2. Thank you so much for listening, and let us know if you would like to, you know, see any 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 other movies tackled on the rewatch podcast for next season no nolan this season yeah that's funny he mm. had like all of the awards last yeah, season. yeah yeah that's true and there was no there was no sort of award or movie or person taking away a ton of, uh, of awards yeah. i mean florence Pugh probably won considering she um took away two awards yeah um, maybe june's up there as well um, Empire Strikes Back as well but there was no runaways um, which yeah. Nolan definitely was last year he was taking away all the awards so yeah. but um, but yeah so thank you for listening to this episode or this rewatch awards ceremony um, we will dismiss the crowd um, hopefully Martin Scorsese does not return in the future yep with that said thanks for listening and bye for now see ya